Welcome to the Discovery Doc Podcast, where we advocate for optimal wellness and reducing everyday toxic loads, no matter where life takes you. I'm Dr. Cece, doctor in nursing practice, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a crunchy mama. I'm Anna Kate, a medical mystery overachiever and your discovery liaison. Join us on this exciting journey as we explore the world of holistic health, cutting edge research, and practical solutions for a healthier life. Together, we'll navigate through the complexities of wellness, sharing valuable insights, and expert advice. Tune in to the Discovery Doc Podcast. Get ready to be inspired, empowered, and discover a whole new way of looking at your health. Welcome back to the Discovery Doc Podcast. I'm here with your host, Dr. Cece, functional medicine nurse practitioner, self-proclaimed toxin tamer, and a mama of three, and my co-host... I'm Anna Kate, your medical mystery overachiever and discovery liaison. And we are back to continue our conversation with Dr. That Stephanie. That really abruptly ended. It did not. <laughs> it did not. We're just, we were, we were on a time crunch. So we're going to get back into our conversation with Dr. Stephanie. So if you did not listen to the last episode, please do um, and hear all about Dr. Stephanie's background and how she got to where she is today. And now we are going to hop into her worldview and why it makes her such a special practitioner and why um, I would go to Dr. Stephanie for just for this reason, because mm-hmm. she has this worldview, because it's my worldview as well. So that makes me feel safe. Yes. But I thought of what I wanted to say. Okay. Ask Dr. Stephanie okay. your question. So for those who haven't heard, Dr. Stephanie is an integrative psychiatrist. She practices just more holistically. Um, and it's such a great conversation because I want you guys to know that there are options. You have options when dealing with mental health struggles or dealing with anything that requires a psychiatrist. Know that there are people like Dr. Stephanie out there who can help you look at your body more holistically. Um, one thing that you were saying, Dr. Stephanie, was that by the some functional medicine practitioners refer patients to you after kind of doing all the things and trying to identify all the things that might be going on. And I think that's amazing because then when they come to you, it's like a clean slate. You know that those aspects are not an impact to their health, their symptoms, and what they're feeling. So it gives you as a practitioner the ability to say, okay, what's missing? Let me get my eyeballs on this and see what part of your puzzle piece is missing that has not been looked at before. And I think that is a really cool place to be. I love that personally when it happens, when patients come to me and everything is crossed off conventionally, I'm like, great, data points, right? Collecting data points, but what next? What's missing? So I love that. That's what I wanted to say. Good job, you said it. But Good job. To, to Anna Kate's point, yes. How does kind of a Christian worldview integrate into your practice, if any? Or is it, do you have to keep that separate? Do you integrate it? What does that look like to you? Well, it's a part of me and I'm pretty upfront with that. You know, I mean, I don't normally share unless it's brought into the conversation. So it's a question on my intake form. And I think I ask, are you a part of a faith community or spiritual belief? Um, I can't remember the exact question at this time or religion, you know, something like that. And then my follow-up to that question is, do you, if so, do you find it helpful or harmful? And I would say, a lot of people find me because I am a Christian psychiatrist. That said, I have lots of patients who do not 
you know, identify as Christian or, you know, maybe, maybe they do, but it's just never really been a part of our work together. So again, I just really respect where patients are at. I'll be honest. I mean, it helps me as a provider feel more comfortable with patients if we share that same worldview also. So, you know, patients will come to me because they want to feel comfortable with a provider, but it helps me because then I can be even more free about some of my deeper you know, ultimately the root cause, which I think ultimately the root cause of all disease is the fact that we live in a fallen world. And that part of my worldview is pretty critical to how I view health and healing, because I personally don't think that like perfect health is ever really the the ultimate goal because we live in a fallen sinful world. You know, that redemption is going to be found in the world after this, you know, in heaven with our Savior. So I think that's a huge part that informs how I just view health and the human body. Um, But a lot of times I don't ever get to that deep of level with people, and especially people who don't have a Christian worldview. But I think it is very freeing and hopeful and an encouraging conversation for people who are believers, who are coming to see me. And I can bring that into conversation that's like, hey, unfortunately, God didn't promise us like perfect health. You know, that's not even really a commandment, you know, and I I get that this really sucks, but we can still be growing spiritually, which is ultimately the most important thing. Mm-hmm. Um and it's, it's also a motivator too, because sometimes when you're feeling so yucky physically, you're not feeling like you're being an, a, a very effective Christian in the body of Christ. And so I get that totally too. So, you know, we want to heal physically or feel as good as we possibly can so that we can serve the world. We can serve the people in our path. We can take care of our families. We can be good wives. We can be good moms. Um, I mean, you can probably hear the excitement in my voice. Like, of course, I get excited talking about these things because it's my worldview, too. And I do acknowledge how unique that makes me. I mean, I think the field of psychiatry was number two in the number of atheists, second only to like anthropology or sociology, something like that. So it's a very, very secular field, not a field that I can often speak very freely about my faith. And so mm-hmm. if patients are forthcoming, it's very freeing and encouraging for me as a doctor too. I love that. Yeah. I, I, it's so powerful because I think especially when, when patients are seeking out your help, it's because there's a problem, right? It's because they are, are searching for an answer and us as providers, like I say this all the time, God works through me. Like this, I, I my brain, yes, is knowledgeable and I have all these things and went to school and did all, all the stuff. But God is working through me to help make these decisions clinically to help this patient through this time. And I think for on the patient aspect front, it is very powerful in understanding that Dr. Stephanie isn't in control of your healing. God is in control of your healing, right? And to trust God and his timing on your healing journey and also what you're going through is so much more powerful than any supplement, any medication, any provider, anything that we could possibly seek out. It's it's the level of hope that is there in a no Christian world what. provider, right? That yeah. you have the, both you and Dr. Stephanie have the outside perspective to help me deal with things internally and mentally and emotionally that I don't have the toolkit to deal with, but I know where my hope lies, that he's where the joy is, that even in my broken world, sinfulness, darkness, that, you know, the enemy's trying to 
get a hold of my mind and my heart, like take every thought captive that if there are times that I can't do that, I need to have my dream team together that holds that hope in that space for me to go through things. And mm -hmm. I am so appreciative of, um, you know, both of you that that is something that we share and that when I have a hard time physically, of Hey, I'm tired of being sick. And then a couple of years ago, like when, um, COVID happened, like all three of your, your top things that you look for, like it was a dumpster fire in my life and I'm sick on top of all three of those things. And I don't, that was a time that was really dark for me. And we've, we've talked mm -hmm. about that as mm -hmm. well of that there is hope, reach out to somebody, ask somebody, get connected, mm -hmm. whether it's with a professional provider or with a counselor or a friend that can just hold that space mm -hmm. to bring that hope and then help get help. In, in another professional capacity. And so I, I am very thankful in our month of mental health that yeah. there are people um, that, that provide like that. You. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of further our conversation in, in regards to mental health, what Dr. Stephanie specifically wanted to talk about today is burnout, especially burnout amongst healers. So I kind of want to give you the floor. Where do you want to start with this? What leads to burnout? And, and let's go from there. I mean, I think selfishly, I wanted to talk about it because it's something I personally have struggled with, you know, and I think we get into this work because we've often have our own personal stories, right? I mean, traditional medicine, traditional psychiatry often fails us. So we get into more holistic healing paths. Um, you know, rarely do I hear from people that they just grew up and that's all they ever really ever knew. Um, but I think, I think burnout starts to affect all of us really hard. And it's really hit me since COVID, I think, you know, for lots of reasons. I mean, I think there was this greater environmental stress on the world that if I'm honest, I don't really feel like it's lifted. I still feel like it's there in different ways. And that trickles down into our, our literally our own cellular health, you know, the way that we're feeling like, are we feeling safe in the world around us? Um, but as healers and helpers and coaches and doctors and nurses, we are not allowed to feel that way right? Like there is this unspoken rule that we are supposed to be the rock and that we are supposed to be perfect and we are supposed to have all of our ish together and we are supposed to be the people giving out and imparting wisdom all the time. And while that is such a gift and such a blessing, when I have those moments of being really peak self that I can offer that to people, there's a lot of times that we ourselves are going through stuff, you know? Like I... I had my fourth baby. So my my baby is at the time of this recording 18 months, but I didn't know what was wrong for a very long time. And go figure, it was actually low iron. Um, mm -hmm. Another reason why I'm super passionate about some of these things, it's like stuff I've actually lived through. And, you know, ultimately that kind of got dealt with. And then it was like another thing and then another thing. And then, you know, I'm starting to see all these signs of like my body kind of deteriorating from a stress response, right? Like I am eating healthy, I'm moving my body, I'm getting quote unquote good sleep, you know, as best sleep as I can get for this season of my life. And, and I feel like I have a great community. I have a great husband. Like a lot of things are very good in my life. And yet really my cellular health, even from like basic blood work 
is not really great and optimal. And I'm like, what is up? You know, I'm, I'm the one that has all the tools and the tricks and, you know, all the inner therapeutic knowledge and still it affects me. And I actually had a, a colleague and very good friend of mine kind of say and call me out like, well, Stephanie, you are taking care of everyone else mm-hmm. who takes care of you. And it was something so simple and obviously just this kind of, well, yeah, duh. I mean, no one really cares for the caretaker. And that's really hard and something I've just become incredibly passionate about. And it's it's really literally finding people in your life to take care of you. It's not so much all the self-care pieces out there because I feel like most of us know those things. Like we're doing those things, you know, like I go to a chiropractor regularly. I get massages. I have lunch with my girlfriends. I go for walks a few times a week. You know, I get the very traditional and I'm very blessed and privileged to be able to say I have all those things in my life. Mm -hmm. But I think there's something at a deep level that happens when you are literally taking care of sick people all day. That is an incredible amount of burden that we face as healers and helpers that no one really is talking about. And so I guess that's just kind of selfishly, that's why I wanted to talk about it because I just, I feel like no one is really talking about this in a a deep, meaningful way. Right, I completely, wholeheartedly agree with this. And I, I completely agree too. We can do all of the things and we can take all of the measures, but there is something about sitting in front of patients all day, every day, absorbing their emotions, absorbing their feelings. And Anna Kate and I have talked about this in the past in that when I was younger and that would be happening when I was in school or working in the ER or whatever it was, I would disassociate. And I just learned how to chop that off and put it in a box elsewhere. But as I grew up, I realized that, hey, that's not a healthy way to address those emotions because it's not addressing those emotions. And they would just build and build and build. And then all of a sudden you're triggered and you're lashing out at your kids and you feel like your central nervous system is just up here at this high fight or flight stage Mm -hmm. where now you are just every little thing, every little mama, mama, mama is like nails on a on a chalkboard what do you want yeah because you're so overwhelmed so easily and it's taken Mm -hmm. me a very long time to realize that hey i need to actually process the emotions that i'm feeling Mm -hmm. in response to these patients emotions and i'm working really hard to try to do that in between each patient rather than getting to the end of the day and having it kind of snowball through the day and then having to really take a good, you know, bit of time to myself before walking in my house. But I do think it's something that's not talked about at all because patients come to us for help. They don't care what we're going through. They don't care what you're dealing with in your personal life because in their hour that they're paying for you to help fix them, that's irrelevant. And I understand that, Mm -hmm. but it puts us in a position where we carry all that baggage along with our own. And you're right. Nobody talks about that. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I think it's such a delicate conversation because I mean, like you said, there's money being exchanged. So it feels, um, I find myself like you, you just kind of feel like a machine, you know, you feel like you have to be this like 
utilitarian transaction of a good or a product and you've be, you've become the product um and it it doesn't always it, sometimes it fills my cup right because it's like wow like i get to be that conduit of god's grace you know coming back to like you know god working through me like i feel that too and i get to be that intercessory for someone else that's helping through their healing journey and sometimes ultimately and i don't i don't know spiritually where i how i feel about this but i did hear a podcast and i'll come back to i'll come back to the original statement i was going to say but she was saying ultimately christians experiencing burnout is because we're living too much in our flesh and i sat with that mm. that I, I don't know if maybe some of this feels like because i'm just like living through my flesh in those moments with those patients and that that feels more burdensome or if just the nature of the work we do our flesh is weak and we will always kind of feel drained and burned out but um it's really challenging it's very hard and it does affect our families it, it's all those unconscious measures right like you you nailed it like you come home and it's like one more thing you just you want to yell and scream at your kids even though you love them and you haven't even seen them all day and you're just so tired it was kind of a wake up call for me because I had done a Dutch test um, and this was several months after I finished breastfeeding and ult by all intents and purposes, I felt like at a good baseline. So I was like, okay, I want to do a Dutch test. And for listeners who don't know, that's kind of a, a urine hormone test. It's like the Lamborghini of hormone tests. So I like doing it after my pregnancies to kind of see where I'm like balanced out. And in this particular test, my cortisol curve was flat completely flatlined. And that was this kind of wake up call to me that I really need to take this seriously. Like this is literally killing me. Like this burnout turn, complete chronic exhaustion at a cellular level. I mean, your cortisol curve should not be flat. <laughs> your cortisol curve should be a nice little peak and wave, you know, and it was not, it was like but it was actually at a level that technically, even in mainstream medicine, you would check for Addison's disease. Mm -hmm. And so I, it kind of scared me. It was a wake up call that, wow, and some other cellular markers just on a CBC were off. And I was like, this is weird. Because again, I don't consider myself an unhealthy person. I don't even consider myself like an emotionally unhealthy person. You know, I feel like I have a lot of skills at my disposal and I, I lead, I think, a fairly healthy lifestyle, but this was kind of a wake up that there's a lot of things that I can't fully control, but I can control how I show up in work. And mm -hmm. does that mean I see less people? Does that mean I take more time off? Does it mean I'm doing different kinds of work that's not as emotionally like expensive work. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's like, I feel like a lot of work I do is very emotionally expensive for my body. And I don't have that at my disposal right now. So mm -hmm. what are other ways that I can still serve and give and, and obviously make a living financially, but not be completely depleting myself? Right. I, I, yes, you're, you're preaching to the choir here, girlfriend, because one of the reasons, I mean, I went through my past two jobs were very intensive. I was working for somebody else. I was working long hours, underappreciated, underpaid. And until I got to my own practice and opening it, I said with my partner, my business partner, I said, hey, I will not see patients more than three days a week. I cannot do it. I have three kids. I knew possibly I would want a fourth. 
we do a homeschool hybrid and my husband was getting to homeschool and I wasn't, my mom was getting to homeschool and I wasn't. And that was my boundary of three days for the sake of balance, but also because my previous job, I would get to the end of the fourth day and I was only working four days a week and I had nothing, nothing left. I couldn't even hold conversations with my husband by the end of that day. I had no compassion left. I had no space to even have an in-depth conversation with him outside of just scheduling things. And so I'm, I'm very blessed in the sense that I was able to take a step down and only see patients three days a week. And I feel like that has created that balance where I'm not, I'm getting through the, the work week and still having energy, still having energy left over, still having energy to give to my family, my kids, my husband. But as you go through this, if there are people who don't have that flexibility, if there's caretakers who don't have that flexibility, what steps can one we prevent to get to that place of burnout rather than dealing with it once we're already there? Gosh, I, I think about this a lot because I, I think there are a lot of people in that kind of situation that they just don't actually have as much flexibility. You know, you could actually even be your own boss, but based on financial goals or security that you need for yourself, you don't actually have that much flexibility. And mm -hmm. I, first of all, I just want you to extend a lot of compassion for yourself. I mean, that this is hard. You're not crazy. It's not in your head. You're not selfish. You're not being ungrateful. You're not a bad Christian, whatever lies, you know, you're kind of telling yourself, like, I want you to reframe all of that, like that it is hard and, and, you know, you can do hard things. And I know that's so cliche and it's so annoying. And you're like, uh, Dr. Stephanie, that's so annoying. But it is true, okay? But with that, I think there's two things that I would offer to people. One. Mm, I don't know. I'm texting. Oh, there she is. Mm -hmm. You're back. Oh, no. Are you back? What happened? Okay. Technical glitch. I'm not sure what happened, but you said that there were, there were two things that you would offer in that situation. And one would be. Yeah. So two things I would offer. One would be find your light at the end of the tunnel. And this is for a few different reasons, but it literally is biologically to give yourself a dopamine high. So say you are in this job that you totally hate, that you are miserable, but you have to have it for financial reasons, et cetera. Find the end point to that. You know, if it's for financial, find a dollar amount in savings that you would feel comfortable quitting that job or just slowly just explore other avenues to make money or to, to find your way out. But you've got to give yourself a little bit of a light at the end of the tunnel so you mm -hmm. can start creating a path out of this. You know, if it's something like you're in a training or you're in medical school or something like that, that's easy because there is light at the end. I promise you, like there is light at the end of whatever training or program you're in, you will finish and it will be 9,000 million times better. Um, but that's one, like you have to kind of create that for yourself, like give yourself that light at the end of the tunnel. The other thing is in the meantime, 
you can adapt the environment that you're in to try to fill your cup in the ways that you most need. For example, say you have a job that it's literally the sheer number of hours you're working that you don't have a great social life. Well, that's not going to magically change. Okay. So go with that. What you need then is you need more social to enter into the job. Mm-hmm. And I know easier said than done, but that's one example. Um, you know, if it's just, I'm having bad sleep cause I work shift work and it totally sucks. You've got to be able to optimize your sleep and your rest on those days off. You know, like you have to be able to do what you can with the situation you're in currently. Um, if there is, I mean, if there are ways to incorporate, again, work, play, sense of purpose, belonging, all of those things like into your work, that is going to be optimal, even if you know that that job or that position you're in is really draining you. Um, but you have all the choice in the world too. Sometimes it's a simple reframe of just, hey, I have the choice to leave. I absolutely can quit. And because I value financial security or because I value geographic stability, I am choosing to stay in this position. And sometimes even just that reframe gives people a lot of empowered empowerment that I, I am doing what I can be doing for myself right now. Right. It's giving that choice back. I think society has created this stigma that in order to be successful, you have to climb the food chain, you have to put in the hard work. And I think people misconstrue that with, okay, I need to suffer or I need to be taken advantage of. And that is just not the case. And, you know, I've said this before, but I want people to believe in themselves so much and their value that you are looking at that instead of seeking value in somebody else telling you, you know, good job, or this is what you have to do. You take ownership of that. And I think just having someone to say, hey, you have an option here, even if you love the fact that you're making X amount of money and it is creating financial stability for your, for your family at what cost, right? What is it doing to us mentally? Okay. It's doing this. So then what can we do within the situation to make it a little bit better? And just knowing that there's an option there to create change. If the big picture right now can't change is so impactful. If we are Let's say that we have uh, uh, somebody who is in a high stress environment, who is kind of in that caretaker role, who is taking on a lot of other people's emotions. Um, What would you suggest for protecting your own boundaries or emotions or mental health in that aspect? You know, I think there is a level of containment that has to happen in those situations. Um, And sometimes it's just a visualization exercise, you know, like, hey, I'm putting a bubble around myself today. Like, I am not going to let outside energies or emotions infiltrate this bubble. And I can still bring a lot of energy to the table. I can still bring a lot of empathy to the table, but I am not going to let anything infiltrate that bubble around me. Mm-hmm. Um, some people really love like a, a symbol of that. So like, I actually know a doctor friend who actually wears like this bracelet and they, it's just symbolic of 
this is like something I wear at work kind of protects me against whatever negative energy, you know, in the room. And it, it there's, it's just a visualization sort of, um, a token for their visualization. It's not really, it's not actually anything that, you know, takes away energies or anything like that. But I think sometimes things like that can be very helpful. I also think some rituals to help you. So like having like a workday shutdown kind of ritual to be able to like block that from coming into your personal life. So I actually heard from a therapist once I've never in, I've never brought this into my rituals, but it's a really good practice where you actually just wash your hands at the end of the day. Mm. And then you walk out of your clinic. And I always really liked that because it was just kind of symbolic of literally kind of washing off the, you know, the bad stuff, you know, now I'm going to be clean and kind of enter the next space. Um, you know, I actually noticed, so I, I did my training in, in DC and we lived in Virginia for several years. And then actually when we came back to Texas, I didn't have a commute. I mean, I do, it's just a very short commute. And so sometimes I will give myself a commute. So I'll like take all Mm -hmm. the back roads and take a long way home to just give myself literally extra time before I get home. It's, it's just finding ways to literally give yourself boundaries, you know, like actual tangible visual boundaries, containment, whatever word you want to use, because it's impossible to not let things get to you unless you are going to dissociate and you are going to be, um, a robot of a person, which unfortunately happens to a lot of people during burnout, you become very robotic and very, a lack of empathy. You know, it's one of the big signs of burnout is that you just, you don't have a lot of empathy, you have compassion fatigue. Um, Mm. And so in order for that to not infiltrate things, you have to find some ways to find boundaries and barriers in your life. Right. Kind of wrapping up, I want to know what is the biggest myth, the one biggest myth we can debunk about burnout or caregiver burnout, if there's one myth that you just want to put a little cherry bomb on. Put the kibosh on it. What would it be? Uh, I would have to say the biggest myth is that burnout is just because of your job. You know, I actually think motherhood burnout, life burnout, COVID burnout, I think Mm -hmm. there's so many layers to burnout that we've got to get out of the myth that it has everything to do with your work and your job. Because I actually see this growing trend where maybe it's actually someone's job that is their self-care. You know, their job actually fuels them, but it's work and everything outside of work that's burning them out. And then, you know, indirectly, then their work does become burnout. But it doesn't always start and end with with work balance either. I think I could really get on a soapbox, but I really think this passive income push and all these online marketing oh, yes. like gurus out there, I think they make it out that once you find your life's purpose, this which is this one thing in life, then you're going to have this amazing, fulfilling life. And we mm-hmm. have forgotten that sometimes a really fulfilling life is not very sexy. You know, it's not, it's very simple and it's kind of, like some of my best days are some of the most boring days that wouldn't actually look good on an Instagram reel, but but that's what actually living and loving life is. And so I think if we get out of this mindset that like 
I just need a better job or I just need to do another side hustle or I just need to do another thing. That is the problem. Like that mindset is what is perpetuating your burnout. Maybe it has nothing to do with work, career, maybe it has nothing to do with money. It maybe has something to do with you just not having a good community, not having good connection. I mean, I think connection, community, relationships is so much to do with your health and well-being, mm -hmm. so much more than I have this perfect career for myself. So, yeah. Right. I the, And that's the world of social media. It can be so toxic for that reason because it is. It's a constant state of pushing. What's next? What can I do? And I'm and staying up with trends and staying up with the analytics and getting those likes and getting those. And it's, it is. It's a false promise of security and a false promise of mm. happiness. And I know as Christians, we're all thinking the same thing right now. Mm -hmm. um, but... It is, it is, it keeps you in this perpetual cycle of, of just discontent, you know, rather than being able to stay present and content with what you have right in front of you. And, you know, you mentioned some of your most fulfilling days are things that don't look good on Instagram. We, we made almond milk last night as a family, like just crushed almonds, made almond milk. It was the messiest thing ever. And by the end of it, I was like, I'm so proud of you guys. Like, this is amazing for us to do, like, that is fulfilling to me. And it wouldn't look good to, to, to mm -hmm. anybody else, but just being able to sit and cherish that moment and be present with your family instead of stuck in that cyclical pattern of what's next can make all the difference. And that looks different for everybody. Mm -hmm. There's, there's no win in comparison. No, everybody is so different. Mm -hmm. and that's another thing social media does is it makes us try to achieve someone else's success rather than trying to figure out what that looks like to you personally. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to touch on mm -hmm. that's burning you um, to, to just speak on real quick before we, uh, we let you go? I just have a special note for providers that you you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to have it all together. In, in fact, I think it makes you more relatable when you have your own struggles. And, you know, there's a time and a place to share that appropriately. But also, I you don't have to be this robotic person that always has perfect answers. I think that just leads to a lot of suffering. And there's gonna be seasons of your own health struggles. Like, like I mean, I've been up front, like I still have my own health struggles mm -hmm. that I continue to explore and discover. And that's a part of living. You know, we live in a fallen world. We're gonna to continue to get disease. We're gonna to continue to have things that bring us aches and pains and good days and bad days. And, and you're a human being too. So I just, I just want providers, especially like, I, I don't know, my heart has like really been on like helpers and healers that, mm -hmm. you know, they would just find their own peace and their own healing because we can so easily just get so burned out from always feeling like we need to have all the answers. Um, and that's a, that's a lifelong journey, even for us. It is, it is a lifelong journey, but one that could really lead to you helping other people inadvertently, just without even knowing so that mm. you're you are a real person you go through real things just like that person sitting across from you and that's invaluable dr stephanie we just want to thank you so much for being with us is can you just give a shout out to anything you want i know you have your practice and your business how can clients reach you let our community know how they can get in contact with you 
Um, my website is probably the best way, stephanierinoldmd.com. I have lots of courses. My book is there, um, a link to my podcast, The Dr. Stephanie Show. Um, you can find me on Instagram when I'm there, when I'm not <laughs> trailing around my four kids, um, at Stephanie Reinald, MD. And for my practice information or anything dealing with kind of patient care, labs, stuff like that, um, my website is wholeheartedpsychiatry.com. Beautiful. I learned stuff today. I was today years old when I learned stuff. So I absolutely appreciate that. So we will make sure that all of the links for Dr. Stephanie are down in the show notes. So make sure that you listen to both of her episodes. Um, and we are so thankful um, that you've shared your heart with us. And I hope to have you on the Discovery Doc podcast again in the future to talk about the other soapboxes that you wanted to stand on and, and talk about. So we can we can definitely do that in the future for, for sure. Absolutely. And until then, Let's discover together. We hope you've enjoyed this journey of exploration and learning as much as we have. Before you go, we have a special request for you, our beloved discoverers. We'd be thrilled if you could show your support in a few easy steps. Step one, if you're watching on YouTube, please hit that like button and subscribe to our channel. Don't forget to ring that notification bell so you never miss a moment of discovery. Step two, if you're listening via Apple Podcasts, please take a moment to rate and review our show. Your feedback means the world to us and helps others discover our podcast too. Step three, whether you're on YouTube or listening on your favorite podcast platform, please share the Discovery Doc podcast with your friends, family, and social networks. It's the best way to spread the joy of discovery. And finally, don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Discovery Doc. Stay connected with us for updates, behind-the-scenes content, and so much more. Plus, for exclusive content and additional resources, be sure to check out our website at www.thediscoverydoc.com. And while you're there, if you have a burning question or a topic you'd like us to discuss on the show, simply let us know. Thank you, Discoverers, for being part of our incredible journey. Until next time, let's discover together. The content provided in this podcast provides general information and discussions on various topics related to health, wellness, and medical advancements. However, it is essential to understand that the content provided in this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. The hosts, guests, and contributors are individuals sharing their personal experiences, opinions, and knowledge in their respective fields. While they strive to provide accurate, up-to-date information, medical knowledge is constantly evolving and the information presented in this podcast may not always reflect the most current research and medical guidelines. It is crucial to consult with a qualified healthcare professional or medical expert for specific medical concerns. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay seeking medical treatment based on the information presented in this podcast. The Discovery Doc Podcast encourage listeners to use their own judgment and discretion while implementing any suggestions, recommendations, or lifestyle changes discussed in this episode. Each individual's medical situation is unique and may work for one, may not be suitable or safe for another. The podcast hosts, guests, and contributors are not liable for any direct, indirect, consequential, or incidental damages or harm that may arise from listening or acting upon the information provided in this podcast. Listeners are responsible for their own health decisions and should exercise caution and seek professional guidance when necessary. By listening to this podcast, you acknowledge that you have read, understood, and agreed to this medical disclaimer. If you have any questions or concerns about this medical disclaimer, please consult a qualified healthcare professional.